Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Lifelisten Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, so today we're going to be talking about Starbucks, specifically the debacle that went down a couple of weeks ago. You know, we recently started a new Facebook community page for Selfie Podcast, and we kind of put a call out there for our listeners to see what you wanted us to talk about. And the overwhelming majority of requests were for us to talk about what happened at Starbucks. And alongside that discussion of Starbucks, we have a great interview with Leroy Barber, So we'll be getting to that very soon. But first off, I feel like I need to do a check-in with you, Kristen. What's going on with you this week? You know, I am having a a different kind of a week (laughs) than usual. Um, My kids are on spring break, which is kind of late. Um, But we we have this weird thing where we have a ski week in February and then spring break a couple months later. So right, I had so my different. kids. Yeah, it's it's different. You you remember you lived here for a while. Yeah. So, you know, ski week is just a bougie week that, you know, working class parents just have to scramble for childcare. <laughs> but um <laughs> anyway, so I had my kids for ski week. I'm divorced. My ex has my kids for spring break. So my ex took my kids um on an RV adventure, which is great, super fun, super cool for them. Um, but I have the whole week without any children. Glorious. Which is, it, and it sad. Is. It's, it's all. It's, it's, it's all. all. It. Yeah. I have so many mixed feelings about it. Like I, they, you know, he came and picked them up because I have, you know, most of the custody. So he came and picked them up from my house and, you know, they drive off literally into the sunset in this oh. RV. And I was so excited for this week, but then I totally fall into a puddle of tears Oh, as they're driving off. But then like two hours later, I'm like dancing around my house because I'm alone. For sure. I mean, come on. Hello. Yes. So mixed feelings. But I did decide what I decided to do with this week rather than sitting in, you know, my house by myself, which just felt kind of sad, but also my house is under construction is that I um, came down to San Diego, which is about an hour from my house. I got myself a nice hotel room. And so I am here for five days of just being alone and writing and relaxing. Um, And it is pretty glorious. Yeah. I'm so proud of you because we've talked about it so many times. You just are in the, you're living in the middle of a total renovation. And when I say renovation, you are adding a second floor onto your yeah. home while living in it. It's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. A little in extra. retrospect, perhaps a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm proud of you that you are somewhere else being able to relax, get some work done without hammering, banging people, walking all over your house. It's just, yeah, too much. Too it's much. It's nice. It's its weird, though. And I have to say, like, the first day I got here, it was almost like a deprogramming day because, 
like you said, I'm in the midst of this insane remodel that happened as soon as I moved. Right. Um, on the, on the heels of a divorce. I mean, if you look at like, you know, life events that are supposedly traumatic, like I've had a whole lot of them in the course of two years. And I feel like the first day I got here was just like, it was almost like a what just happened to my life? Like the oh. first time I've been alone with my thoughts in a really long time. Yeah. Which I think you're going to have many, many, many of those moments <laughs> coming up oh. once the house is done. Because I know you have been in crisis mode. I have. For over a year. I have. And that is the funny irony of us having started this self-care podcast <laughs> in the midst of it. Because my self-care has never been worse. Right. Never. It, I, that's just a funny little, haha, that's a nice idea. Um, and so, you know, like the first day I was here, I took a walk and I, you like, I'm, I'm in the practice of self-care while I'm here because I don't have any excuses or distractions, but it's been almost like reacquainting myself with caring for myself while I'm here. Yeah. And, you know, I think that part of this whole deal about self-care that we're going to talk about is everybody struggles with it, regardless if you're in a crisis situation or not. It's, it's so hard to take care of yourself. And I, it it is, you know, we're still trying to get to the bottom of it all, but, um, yeah, you got, you got to tell them, you were telling me about, um, your, your look this week, the look you have. Oh yeah. I've got a, I've got a writer's look happening. (laughs) Um, really I, I did, I am down here in San Diego. I have friends in San Diego. I've reached out to no one. Like my whole thing was I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be alone and write. I have a writing project I'm working on while I'm here. And I really just wanted this to be totally alone. So I packed caftans. (laughs) Yeah, you did. The end. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Yeah, you did. Um, House dresses. I brought no jeans. I brought no flat iron. I brought... Nothing, but it's really funny because the second day I, and I threw the stuff in a bag because of course I'm always in crisis mode. So I throw my stuff in my bag and the second day I'm here, I take a shower, I get out of the shower and I'm like, oh, oh, I don't have a brush. Like, I didn't bring a brush. <laughs> I didn't bring a hair serum. I didn't bring my mascara. Um, also, side note, I have been growing my gray out just a bit. Because um, I want to see, I want to get a baseline, right? Mm-hmm. Like I How cover my gray. I'm very, very gray, but I want to get a baseline. I want to go a little blonder. And so I want to have like a good inch there so that me and my stylist can look at what we've got right, and go from there because the root situation is just too much to manage. So I've got an inch or more of white hair that I have been coloring on a daily basis with <laughs> eyeshadow. Ooh, does that Which, work? It totally works. It's unbelievable. It's what? unbelievable. I have the perfect shade, Sarah. It's the weirdest thing, but I also bought a spray yeah. <laughs> that you can spray over it. Right. So I, I just, every day I put my makeup on and I cover my gray. Well, I forgot all of that too. So yesterday <laughs> I get to let my hair unbrushed, air dry with all the gray, I have no makeup on. And it was just this like super humility moment of like, oh, this is what I look like in my natural state. This is me in my natural state. Isn't that? In a caftan. (laughs) You know what? Gray, frizzy hair. You're a true author. I mean, hello. I know. (laughs) 
it's so like cliche. Like I just look like this frazzled, frizzy haired, graying, oh, caftan wearing author. Like that's that's you. Embrace it. Embrace I think it. I seriously I look so bad. And I we were just talking about this a second earlier. The hotel I'm at has $30 valet parking, which I refuse to do because I'm a cheapskate. So I have to go move my car every two hours. <laughs> yes. So every two hours, I get to walk outside in this state of just... I. Oh, will you please put this on Instagram stories? Come on. Oh, on the self- I might we, need to. Our, we, you I know, probably we, need to. We need to tell everyone we have an Instagram account for Selfie, our podcast. You know, it's Selfie we Podcast. Do. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm telling you right now, let's, let's see some of this action. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm going to do that. I am going to post it on our Selfie Instagram. Selfie Podcast on Instagram. Okay. I am just going to suck it up. I will hold you to it. And post a photo of my white hair and my caftan. Okay. And my lack of I want to see it. I, I, we, yes. we all want to see it. So yeah, do okay. that for us. Okay. Well, um, how's I, your week going? Um, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We're, you know, trying to sell our current house so we can move into our new house. And we're just doing, you know, that whole offers and contingencies and all of that crap. But I've got to say this morning, now, I guess we should let our listeners know that we usually record about a week before um, our podcast publishes. So we I woke do. up this morning to the news about the woman who got sucked out of a Southwest airplane window. Wait, what? I don't know oh, about this. Okay. Um, what? Okay. Yeah. So basically, this is like my my I think one of my biggest fears. Oh well, I'll never fly again. Okay, it's done. so it's Southwest what? flight from New York to Dallas. Okay, like oh. you know, a hundred people, whatever. Um, a part of the left engine. I haven't read tons about this, and there's probably a lot more that's come out. But from what I know now, like a part of the engine blew up and hit the left side of the plane and busted. The window open where a 43-year-old mom of two, hello, that's me, 43-year-old mom of two, was sucked out of the window. Why am I laughing? I don't know why I'm laughing. Because it's shocking. I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortable. I can't process this. So she actually wasn't sucked out of the window and, like, pulled and, like, dropped to the ground because – other passengers tried to pull her back in. They're like holding on to this woman. My stomach hurts. Who is halfway out of a plane. She ended up dying, I'm guessing, because of lack of oxygen. Um, and like they had to, but they pulled her back in the plane, I believe. And then like they did an emergency landing in Philadelphia. Seven other people were injured. And I mean, what that actually happens that happens. You can have, and I always think that because I always choose window seats because I'm an introvert, and I I feel like at the window I can turn my face and not face anyone, opposed to sitting on the aisle or somewhere. And now I am rethinking sitting at a window seat because oh, um, you could get sucked out. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, I sit at the aisle because I'm so put anyone to move if I have to pee. Oh yeah, I know. I usually just I I'm a freak about that too. I pee like right before and just, you know, I just pray. I pray I can hold <laughs> it in for 4 hours. 4 hours is my max. 4 hours is when I have to like get up. So, you know, otherwise it's fine. 
but okay, um, I just can't even process this woman. Please tell me her children are not with her. No, she was by herself. She was a oh. executive, I believe, at Wells Fargo, was flying home from a work trip. Good and Lord. Yeah, and died. Halfway sucked out of the window. Horrible. 32,000 feet in the air. Yeah. Horrible. So, but I also I was thinking about this because we're getting ready here in a little bit to talk about also the Starbucks debacle yes, we are. that happened yeah. a couple of weeks ago once this airs. And I was in the shower this morning thinking... I am basically in a panic. I'm, I'm anxious, super anxious about what if that happened to me? What if I got sucked out of a window? And then I thought, well, isn't that funny that what we're talking about today is two black men just minding their own business in a Starbucks and they get arrested. Like this is this is like when you realize privilege. Like I'm I'm concerned right. about getting sucked out of a Southwest window opposed right. to being concerned that I would walk into a Starbucks, sit uh-huh. down and wait for a friend and get arrested. Right. What? What the F? I know. Crazy. Well, we are going to chat about that um, because, you know, I just I think it's important for us to talk about. And I know that this this doesn't exactly fall in line with self-care for for many of us. But I have to say um, this is absolutely an aspect of self-care for, you know, millions of black Americans. Yes. Um, and it's a thing that we, you know, as white people, we don't have to think about these kinds of things, but I will say, I don't, if, if listeners don't know, I, two of my children are black, they're adopted. Um, and it has been such a learning curve for me to understand the microaggressions that happen on a daily basis and the suspicions that are put towards black people that we, that we don't see. And that I think many white people actually try to deny. Oh, absolutely. Um, No, my, my family is this interesting kind of microcosm of the world because I have two 11 year olds. They are born on the same day. One is black, one is white. Um, so they're the exact same age and the difference in treatment that these two kids have (sighs) everywhere we go is astounding. But, you know, it's like my, my daughter goes up and asks for a free water cup at a store and she's given it. My son goes up and he's told you have to be a paying customer. And are, did you <sighs> buy your food here? Oh you my know, God. my yeah. I mean, my the, the privileges that my blonde daughter gets walking in the world versus my black son. It's insane. Yeah. And, you know, I worry every single day as my kids navigate, you know, my my boys who are both black navigate the world. And I have to and it's really sad. Yeah. Bevan, I have to have talks with them about respectability all the time. Mm-hmm. And I say this is not fair, but you can't do this dumb stuff that your friends are doing. Like your friends all want to go skate on campus where it's not allowed. Mm-hmm. You can't go do that. Mm-hmm. even though all your friends are. Because my son was approached by a police officer for skating on a college campus and told he'd be arrested if he did it again. His white friends do that crap all the, all time. the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. And that's what's so crazy about this this incident at Starbucks. You know, it just so happened to be caught on with someone's iPhone or camera, but this stuff is happening all day, every day. You know, this isn't a Starbucks problem. This is... It's not a Starbucks problem. And I, and I will say, I think you know, for white people maybe wondering, like, what do I do about this? I do think it's important to film when you suspect Mm -hmm. that something racial is going down out and film it. Because, you know, I mean, the Starbucks thing is super frustrating, but there are incidences where 
black men are being shot. Exactly. And it's like, if you notice anything funky going down and when, I mean, I have to say, and I am not against police officers, please hear me say that I have relatives who are in the police academy, my, my police force, my sister was for many years. Um, when you see an interaction between police officers and a black individual, film it. Yeah. And maybe nothing yeah. will happen. Hopefully nothing will happen. I had, we had a situation in our neighborhood where the police came and ar- arrested a black man and I filmed it. And you know what? They were completely respectful to him. Yeah. But I still filmed it just yeah. in case something went down. I just think, you know, white people, a way that we can use our privilege is holding people accountable. And then you noticed in that video, you know, the other white people is going on. Exactly. Well, I am, um, I want to talk about this further today, and we actually are going to chat with my friend Leroy Barber, um, who is a black man, and he is a social justice advocate, among many other things, Um, but we're going to talk with him just about um, some of the nuances of, of this kind of, you know, microaggression against black people. And I hope you guys will listen because I think, um, I I think it's important for all of us to hear. Um, before we do that, we do want to mention, we have had a ton of fun on our new Facebook community page over the last couple of weeks. (laughs) You guys have have been very interactive (laughs) and we're enjoying it very much. We are, we really are enjoying it. So you guys have got to come over there and join us. It's it's all over the board, like all over the <laughs> all place. Lots over the place. Lots of fun co- conversations, and I ha- I have to say, um, it was the Facebook community, you guys, who said talk about Starbucks, and I, I love yeah. that you you know you guys are like no not serums talk yeah. about Starbucks. Let's talk about Starbucks. Yeah, so we're here going to talk about Starbucks. Before we do that, we're going to do our. Um, our two thumbs up. This is our new segment where we talk about something that we are enjoying or we recommend for um, this week. Sarah, what are your two thumbs up for the week? All right. Well, my first one is yoga related, but you know, my self care in terms of um, working out has been really, really, really lackluster for the past half of a year, eight months, yeah. maybe almost to the point of not doing anything. You kind of and fell off the wagon. I fell off the wagon. And in fact, when we started talking about what we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago, when we mentioned yoga, I thought, okay, like I need to get back on the wagon. Like it is time for me to start practicing again. So I found now this isn't the first time that this has happened. I don't know how, um, how targeted your Instagram ads have become on your Instagram feed. Um, scarily targeted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, this was actually a purchase from my Instagram feed. They, they know me oh so well, but there is this website called daily Om, which we'll link to, and they do all of these, um, these little programs and sessions and things you can buy like on meditation or whatever. And so they had one that was pushed out to me on my Instagram feed. Um, the fit and fierce over 40 no, <laughs> yoga program. I'm uncomfortable with that name. <laughs> I, res- I, I resent that. I, I resent that name. I so hated this name. And in fact, the reason I clicked on give me more info was like, like who in the hell what is this over 40 like it has to be different when you're over 40 than if you're not over 40 right well then I started reading it I thought (laughs) I I 
think I want to do this. Now, here's the cool thing about Daily Om. All of these little programs they put together, you choose how much you pay for them. Okay? They Well, they give you three choices, basically. But for this program, you get to choose whether you pay $10, $25, or $40, given that they trust you'll pay what you think oh. it's worth and what you have, which I think is pretty cool. So It's cool, but I'm a horrible person and would just pay the very least. Okay, this is what's so funny about me. I did pay <laughs> the very least for another one that I did, which is a meditation, which I never did, which is probably why I paid $10. I knew I'd never actually go forward with it. But this one, I thought, okay, it's like it's a 21-day program, so I paid $25. i am like, okay, I'll pay $25 because oh. I started to feel guilty. And then I'm like, what if they have my information? And then somehow it's like, Sarah, James, is such a cheapskate. But anyway, I bought it. I'm on day three of the Fit and Fierce Over 40 yoga program, and I like it because, Kristen, it's 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes. That's nice. It's so, it's so, it's so easy. It's so fast. In fact, all three days, I thought to myself, is this it? Like, we're already done. We're already in Shavasana. What's happening right here? But I have been sore, which I don't know if should be, it's embarrassing because well, but you so, haven't done it I for so anything. long. I, I mean, haven't done anything. Yeah. So that's number one. So if anyone's looking to get back into yoga, I don't think you need to be over 40 to do this. Um, it's really good. And I like the teacher. I've totally forgotten her name right now, but I like it. So that's my first one, the Fit and Fierce Over 40 Yoga Program. I and love my that. That's so funny. other one is for... Maybe most of you don't need this, but your teenagers and tweens might need this. I don't know if you know, but I currently have braces on my molars in the back of my mouth on both sides. So my pick of the week are flossers for braces. You know, they give you, when you get braces, they give you these like, little tools to stick up in there, but you can't, and you can't floss with regular floss because oh, you can't uh-huh. get it past the wire. These are like those little ones, you know, those little individual ones that you use? Yes. Um, like anybody uses. They're like that, but they're cut Oh, really, I love those. Yeah. Yeah. These ones actually are cut really slim on one side so you can get down in between your wire and your tooth. And they've been a godsend because now I'm feeling like I'm back to being 14 again. Oh, by the way, I had braces when I was in high school. So, like, this is just Here we are again. Here we are again. You know, I eat a spinach salad, and half the salad is literally living in my teeth with my braces. So, any of you out there that have kids or you have braces and you really cannot stand having anything stuck in there, these are the coolest things because you can drop them in your purse, pull one out. It also has like a little pointy thing on the end where you can like get back mm-hmm. there and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win. I mean, if, you're, if your teenager actually cares about flossing their teeth, <laughs> get these. Yeah, yes. I don't yeah. think mine care. Okay, but enough oh about that. Tell me about your two thumbs up picks. Well, um, mine are related to my little author's trip right now. <laughs> the first is I really do have to recommend this Cover Your Gray Spray. Ooh. <laughs> if there are other people who have, um, who have similar issues and if you are, you know, finding it a struggle to keep up with doing your roots, um, there's this company called Daggett and Ramsdell. It's a spray like a hairspray. And I'm telling you guys, it works. I mean – Two seconds and your gray's gone. So um, it's it's literally just called Cover Your Gray Touch Up Spray. I use the light brown, and I have blonde highlights in the bottom of my hair, but it it works. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. You you cannot tell that you've put something in your hair, and it doesn't really give a residue or anything. 
But it's just been really nice for me because, like I said, I really struggle to stay on top of it. So I'll link up. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's $10. Um, and it's just, it you know, it can really save you in a pinch if you, you know, don't want to walk around with your roots showing but don't have time to get into the salon. It sounds super green and healthy. <laughs> it's probably made of cancer. But <laughs> you know what? Just don't. Don't rub it directly into your scalp and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. No, no, I, no. I'm sure that the fumes are really amazing too. Oh, but, sure. Just huff that too. Just huff it while you're doing but it. But I'm telling you, I have also had very good luck using um, just eyeshadow on my grays and and blending that in See, as that's well. smart. Yeah, it works. That's probably less toxic, but the, the spray is so fast. I gotcha. But my second you. recommendation is... Um, the Seco Caftan. Now we had we had the founder of Seco, this company, on a few weeks ago, and we talked about how much she loves caftans. And then after that episode, she sent me one, and it, you guys, it's amazing. I'm also going to link up to a photo of myself in this caftan on Instagram. And I I'll saw put one that in the photo. Facebook. I'll put one in the Facebook community too. It is. It's in the the print called Tropical Palm. It is neon yellow. And peach with these green, I mean, it is so loud and so bright and so amazing. It is just 1950s housewife glamour. I love it. I saw that print on your Instagram or wherever you had that photo and I loved it. I was like, it's that so is so it. Palm Springs or like it's Palm so Beach. Palm Springs. Um, totally. By the pool. I love it. Totally. Definitely love yeah. it. Well, those are good Super ones. Fun. Yeah, super fun. All right, well, we're gonna um, we're gonna dive into our interview with Leroy in just a second, but we needed to take a quick break for a sponsor. Yes, our sponsor is Lola, which we have talked to you all about before. It's which a female. What we do, we do love Lola. Um, female founded company. They have this great line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. They just, you know. They started their company thinking uh, women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, the crazy thing is the FDA does not require brands to disclose a list of ingredients in tampons, which is crazy because, you know, people are forced to disclose what's in foods and all that kind of stuff. And this is something that's going in your body. In your body. And most brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients, rayon, polyester. They can be treated with synthetic dyes or even bleached. So Lola's products are 100% just organic cotton. Yeah, totally safe, totally natural. But I think the best part and why I really love it is just the convenience because they have a monthly subscription. And the box itself is fully customizable. So you can choose your mix of products. You can choose your mix of absorbency of your tampons, the number of boxes you need, the frequency of deliver. Like you control all of that. So you just do not have to think about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's always like my period starts. And then I'm like, ah, got to go to the store, running to the store. Because, you know, um, I don't think about it. Never, right? Month. Every, yeah, every month, month, I'm somehow out of tampons. Exactly. Yeah, so this has been amazing because it's super totally. flexible, but they're there. They just show up in the mail. You've got yep. them. You're good to go. 
Which is so brilliant. I mean, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why this hasn't been how we buy tampons all along. Like we, <laughs> right. we know we need them every month. I know. <laughs> right. And there they are at your door. Um, so we have a great offer for you guys. If you're interested, you can get 40% off your first order. Just visit mylola.com and enter our promo code, which is selfie when you just, when you subscribe mylola.com and then enter the promo code selfie. Okay. Well, we are so thrilled and honored to be speaking with Leroy Barber today. Leroy is the executive director of the Voices Project and has been a leader in the anti-racism movement for decades. Okay, well, Leroy, thank you so much for being willing to talk with us today. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, you know, um, we talked a little bit already about this incident that happened at Starbucks this past week, and it's gotten a lot of press. Was this incident surprising to you? It was, actually. Um, yeah? I, yeah. For, I, I, don't, I, I don't know why, but I think it sounded too unbelievable, actually, mm-hmm. for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I sent out a post on Facebook saying, somebody research this and please tell me it's a hoax. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was just hoping it was. Yeah. It just seemed, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seemed too, too easy, right? Like if you're a halfway intelligent police officer, why would you, why would you walk into this kind of situation at right. knowing the, the times we live in, right? Right. Too easy and almost too blatant. Like, I I feel like a lot of the kind of racist microaggressions we see today are are kind of cloaked, hidden, subversive. Mm -hmm, This was mm -hmm. just really overt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, which is why I originally, I saw it, I was like, man, this can't be true. Two, Two police officers could not walk into a Starbucks and end up arresting two people because they wanted to, they asked to go to the bathroom and didn't buy anything. I mean, it sounds completely absurd. It does. Right? And so I was like, all right, this is this is absurdity. And uh, the more we dug into it, people started writing back going, no, it, it actually happened. And I mean, I still, even repeating it to myself, it's like, how? How, how do, how, how, how does... A police officer, five of them walk into a store, and this is what they come up with. Right, like how I, I did how, how did one of them not go? This feels off. Like yeah. that, that it was that many of them, <laughs> in especially when right. there were other customers as well saying, "Hey, nothing's going on here." Well, did, I don't know if you. I, I read a, a piece by the young woman who mm-hmm. videoed the, and put it. You know, put the first video out. And she was getting all these questions, you know, and in her interview, she goes, I promise you, nothing else happened. These two men did nothing. They were they were very quiet during the whole thing. Like and and you were watching it on video and you still can't believe it. So I I don't I don't know. It it speaks to um, a lot of bias that we have in this country and it, and it's sad to watch and see people experience. Talk to us a little bit about that bias and, you know, especially around your, your own personal experience as a black man, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's just a lot of 
white people out there who have a hard time accepting that this bias is happening and real? So it it's so real, right? It's it's so prevalent that you learn to live with it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a, a lot of times I don't say anything about it because I, I don't think they won't believe the things I mm-hmm. encounter every day as mm-hmm. a black man. And, and you know you know I live in, I live in Portland right and mm-hmm. um, there's a particular store that I go in sometimes and like every single time I am followed by at least two security guards from the moment I walk in the door Ugh. right like that's I mean every single time and it's 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 enraging to me right. But if I start, if I go up front and I say something or I talk about it, people go, ah, it's just security, right? It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's not just you. And you hear that over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And so you learn just not to talk about it. I mean, I could name mm-hmm. so many little things and little ways in which every single day, um, either my rights or my humanity is in doubt, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you've got you've got these microaggressions happening to you, but then an even bigger microaggression on the top. I feel like is is that this is happening, and you're not believed, right? Right, right. Because because it's it's um because no one wants to believe that they have that bias, right? Right. That that when I see a black man walking down the street behind me. It's really hard for me to admit that, you know, I grab my purse or I go on the other side of the street or I'm concerned or any of these kinds of things. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That's bias, even though it is is against the facts that we have. Right. The facts Mm -hmm. are more white women are attacked by white men. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether through through dating or any other encounter. But mm-hmm. the facts, and those are the facts, but the bias is what is in people's heads because mm-hmm. many people won't think twice to grab their pocketbook when a white man is walking behind them, right? Some women, mm-hmm. I, women in general, think about it when it's a man, but I'm just saying overall, right, that is so slewed, so skewed towards, uh, towards a black person, and speci- especially black men. Yeah, especially black men. And we keep seeing over and over these, you know, instances um, where black men are pursued by police and there's just way more force used, way, um, more. way more mistrust. And then tragically, you know, people people being shot, black men being shot in more casual police pursuits that just we don't see that level of violence being levied against white men for minor infractions. And yet, if you look at history, who has actually been responsible for the most harrowing incidents? White men. Yet, the racial bias remains. Right. Well, you know, there's this whole thing around school shootings, right? And Mm -hmm. the number of them that happen, you know, uh, by by white men, not not men of color, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, but it doesn't stereotype the whole white male race, right? It becomes, oh, that person, an individual, right. is mm-hmm. something wrong with that mm-hmm. individual, Mentally not challenged. there's something wrong with, with, with white men, right? Right. Right. Leroy, what, you know, what, where does this bias stem from? What, 
what are kind of the historical or cultural underpinnings of people being mistrustful of black men? Well, you know, I, I mean, I think it's it's a long history, right? And it's now built into the DNA of our culture, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you um, people don't don't like always looking back to to slavery and these kind of things, but you mm-hmm. don't understand it if you if you don't look back, you don't understand it, right? Um, you know, there were times that they were in during slavery, they were hanged, um, black men, they would, um, they would castrate black men in public. Right. Right. Oh, right? Like what is, what is the point of that? Right. The point of that is to build in this bias against that particular human being. Mm-hmm. And that's been done all throughout history, right? That this public scorning of, of, Black people and black men um, is creates this. It creates this culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where that person is is never fully human. Um, and books, you know, books about you know black men being, um, you know, they're they're endowed differently, or they're they're animalistic. They're monkeys. Right. They can't control themselves sexually. Blah blah blah. Like all of these things um, play towards that, right? Um, I mean, I went to a majority white high school, right? And the kids, the jokes about black people and black men, right? Or um, I mean, I heard them all the time, and they were these mm. were teenagers, right? Who knew these things, right? So, which means they heard these things at home. These things were built in their homes um, when they were kids, and that's what we're dealing yeah. with. We're dealing with right. people that heard us at home in their formative, mm-hmm. on their formative years, and so mm-hmm. now they play it out when they are adults. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know, if we have listeners who are going, I'm not really. sure or what historical stuff you're talking about or how stuff that happened this long ago is still relative, there are some really good books that I really encourage people to have a look at um, that will kind of explain this progression. Um, There's a book called The Warmth of Other Suns um, that is really good. There's another book called The New Jim Crow. Um, Leroy, do you have any other books that you'd recommend for people who are trying to understand this connection? I think um, there's a book um, that if you're just starting and trying to figure out and and learn, um, there's a book by Patricia Raybon called My First White Friend um, Mm. that I think does a good job of at least getting people started in the process of learning. Um, I would recommend that that book highly. Okay, we're going to link all of those up um, at selfiepodcast.com. So Leroy, because this is a you know, a podcast that's dedicated to self-care, you know, I'm curious, you know, as an African-American and you're dealing with these kinds of microaggressions all the time, what kind of self-care do you have to institute to, to stay sane, to stay, um, you know, to, to keep from that resentment kind of building up? What do you, what do you do? You know, that's, I, I think um, some of the ways in which I have dealt with that uh, it are a lot of our, our cultural, like it's it's music, it's art, mm. it's um, getting getting together with friends in a in an environment that's culturally enriching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That 
that you don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to code switch or any of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Those become places of self-care, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it, it's funny you ask that because even in those places, like you say, hey, we're going to have uh, something for people of color or for for black folks and white folks push back at that as racist, you know. Well, isn't mm-hmm. that racist too, you know? It's like. So even in spaces where you try to care for yourself and care for other people of color, there's this pushback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even even mm-hmm. on even on those levels. So it's, it's it just it just keeps going, you know. And and, right. and I think people are are tired and people are disillusioned and um, uh, yeah, a, a number of people, friends I know, are just kind of going. You know, I'm just um. I'm not going to try to explain myself to majority mm-hmm. culture any longer. I'm mm-hmm. just going to, I'm just going to mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like take up space with people of color and, and try to yeah. and work on our own identity yeah. and self care and not worry about it, you know? So, and I think yeah. that's, a, yeah, I think that's a, that's a needed response, but I also think it's sad, right? That people yeah, have I, to go, I'm yeah. going to shut myself off. You know? Yeah. Right. I think it's yeah. sad that we have to get to that as a society. Or, yeah. or as humanity, really, right? What are your thoughts right. of the future? And do you do you think things are changing? Do you think there will ever be big changes? I feel like we're seeing with with the with social media being so prevalent now. I think a lot of eyes are being open to this that weren't mm-hmm. open before. I, f- I feel like there is a growing and rising diverse reality in front of us. Mm-hmm. Right, that um, that the world is growing more diverse. Right, our country is growing more diverse, and because of that, um, I think we will begin to see uh, more people of color um, and more majority culture folks in relationships, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. because of those relationships, able to solve uh, able to solve some of these problems in a better way. Right, the relationship. People like to talk about relationships, but the relationships don't solve the problem. Right, the relationships only put us on a path to possibly solve them. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where that's where my hope lies is that as we see, as we see uh, a diverse group of leaders, as we see support for leaders of color and those kinds of things, that um, we will begin to, to to have a shot at solving these problems. Yeah, it's very well said. I know. Well, Leroy, you know, for for some of our white listeners who might be hearing this and thinking, you know, I, I, I don't like this, I want to do something, what advice would you give? What can, can white people do who feel frustrated by this kind of bias that keeps happening and violence against black people and specifically black men? What, where do we start? Um, I think... One, um, I'm a fan of infinity groups, right? So Mm -hmm. I think um, that white folks have to do their own work around this. Um, Right. So getting in groups and having these conversations and being open about where you are and being pushed to some accountability around these things um, in, in groups where... It's not people of color doing that work for you. Um, I think that's yeah. really important mm-hmm. uh, that that um, 
that majority culture white folks do that work and look to be a part of that work. I, I also think um, that the the more we can push public um, engagement, um, public forums, the better, right? So if you take what just happened um, at Starbucks, right, and Starbucks, their response, although, you know, I think it's fine, their response is, well, we're going to train our employees. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's great. I think they should train our employees. But they also now have opportunity to um, speak into the, the system that dehumanizes mm-hmm. people. And they have to do that publicly, right? Uh, because then that 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 allows us to um, dismantle um, the system of uh, of injustice, right? It's not going to them them meeting with their employees is good, but it's only going to solve the problem for Starbucks. Yeah, it's not going to mm-hmm. speak into the broader picture mm-hmm. of it. That can only be done in public forums. So their yeah. their their CEO needs to be at a public forum, um, listening. Um, and having conversation about the problem that is system-wide outside of Starbucks, of which they now can speak into, right? Mm -hmm. So that it puts pressure on other CEOs and other companies and, like, the whole system. Yeah. Not just just help Starbucks survive this. Right. I think that's a really good point because I've seen so many people sort of focus on the outrage towards Starbucks rather than really pulling back yes. the lens and going, let's talk about this systemic problem here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe maybe just, you know, being mad at Starbucks is low-hanging fruit and feels more, you know, feels good to be angry as opposed to actually just looking at, like, this is huge. Like, this right. is a huge nationwide problem. This is happening to black problem. men everywhere every day. Not right. just at right. Starbucks. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's usually not filmed and, and put on the internet. It's, you know, it's a demoralization that happens personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, any last words for our listeners on this? Well, I think um, the, uh, if I had a last word, it would be do your, do your work internally with a group of people that's going to hold you accountable. Um, and mm-hmm. don't put that pressure on uh, on people of color to do for you. Um, and then two, uh, push conversations to be public. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That the more public, so for you know, people are going to gather at workspaces and trainings and churches and synagogues and mosques and all these places and try to solve these these things. Some will speak about it. Some won't say anything about it, right? Like, we got to push a public discourse, right? Um, right, right. That, that is where we get to this. And that's really hard, I'm finding, for a lot of my white friends yeah. to speak out publicly, to say mm-hmm. uh, to my church or my friends uh, and these folks, no, no, like, this is wrong, and we need to make a public statement that it's wrong, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I completely agree, and I think there's just a lot of white people who are scared of talking about this, um, for fear of being judged, for fear of, um, 
you know, they haven't talked about it before. They don't have that experience, but also they're scared of maybe doing it wrong. Um, And yet it's like what white people do by staying in the safety of like, I don't want to be vocal about this is basically um, it's, you know, I mean, white silence is why we're in it basically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's our problem. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, And so that's, you know, and and again, you don't have to go full discourse, but a, a, uh, a, you know, for, for, for people of color and for your other white folks in your circle to see you go, you know what? That was wrong. Yeah. Period. Right. Mm -hmm. That was wrong. Right. Right. That that goes a long way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, no. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what's yeah, that's what's right. needed, in my opinion. Like, just yeah. name things as as they are when we see them clearly, like this, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a white woman on video going, "I promise you, yeah. nothing else nothing happened." Nothing else happened. I pro- right. Yeah. And yeah. And yet still she gets questioned and people doubt and right. it's unbelievable. It is. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, Leroy, thank you so much for talking with us. I appreciate it so much. Um, and we will link up to um, more of Leroy's um, work and also some of his books. And we'll also link up to some of the affinity groups that he mentioned so that if that is something of interest to you guys, um, you can have a place to start with that. Yeah, thank you so much, Leroy. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate y'all taking time to talk about this. It's really important. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.